uh, start with, uh, with the Lord. Uh, this morning, I'm going to briefly share uh, some thoughts uh, from God's word with us. And I trust God uh, as uh, he brings some things to our remembrance. Um, and as we learn some new things uh, that we will run with it. Uh, Father, we thank you this morning uh, because we trust you uh, that as we go into your word, uh, we'll be enlightened. Thank you because we'll be strengthened. Thank you because your word will have its free course this morning. Thank you because it will meet us at the very point of our needs. That which you want to pass across this morning, Lord, will not miss it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm going to be talking um, about the trial of Job this morning. The trial of Job. Uh, while doing my normal Bible reading, my normal daily Bible reading, I had the opportunity to read through the book of Job. And um, in reading through uh, some of the things that came to mind, I feel like sharing that this morning. I know the book of Job is not um, one of the books we run to, uh, we take time to go through, you know, uh, possibly a lot of us, I'm sure, uh, maybe we've not even read it this year, except if you were in church and uh, a reference was made to that book. Um, so uh, um, briefly, I think it will take me like four minutes. I'm going to just quickly read, uh, just chapter one, where I'll be uh, sharing uh, God's thoughts from this morning. I think it will take like four minutes, I think so. Okay, I'll I, I just read Job chapter one. It, it says there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and the man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions, we had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East, and his sons would go and feast in their houses each of his appointed day, and would send and invite their three daughters, their three sisters, to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them and he will rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and caused God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. And verse six, he says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man? one who fears God and shuns evil. 
So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely cause you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand, is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Verse 13. He says, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep, sheep and the servants and consume them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. As if that was not enough. Verse 18, while that one also was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong, with wrong. Hallelujah. Uh, so this is the first chapter of uh, uh, the, the book of uh, Job. And if we uh, critically look at this story, it can be divided into three portions. And the first one is uh, what we see from verse 1 to verse 5 that introduces who Job really is. And it's um, very interesting to see that from the scripture, the Bible says that Job was a blameless person. Job was an upright person. Job was someone that feared God. Job was someone that shunned evil. He was blameless. He was upright. He feared God. He shunned evil. So as much as we know, he lived according to the dictates and the laws of God for that time. He lived right. He was, in quote, a righteous man. He lived right. He lived right. And he also says that he had possessions. He didn't just have possessions. He, 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 he was the greatest man 
of from of all the people in the east so he had possessions he had influence he was really blessed but irrespective of this one of the things we are learning from here now uh whether uh, uh you are righteous or not you are not immune from trials you are not immune uh from issues uh, so if that is the case so it, it invariably means that it is not sin that brings evil upon you so it will be very wrong for you to think uh, that it is because of your sin that you are going through a, a particular phase a particular trouble a particular trial in, in your life this is job that was considered blameless that was considered upright one that the bible says that he runs he shuns evil he did all that was within the power or within his power and he lived righteously he lived well he lived according to uh, the dictates of and the rules of what was obtainable at that time but he did not just do that if you look at um, uh, the uh, verse 5 he says that Job does something. He says he, he offers burnt offering. Why? Because he says, Paraventure, my children, uh, they have caused God in their hearts. And, and what I'm trying to get from this, or what I understand from this, is, is, is that Job was not only blameless and upright and shunned evil, he was able to train his children also to shun evil and to be upright because he's making sacrifices not because of the evil they committed. He said, paraventure they have caused God in their hearts. That means physically they were not doing things that was wrong. He had trained them in the way of the Lord. But those things that he could not see that he assumed might be happening in their hearts, that is what he was making atonement for. So he was not just a righteous man, he was a man that uh, was able to bring up his children, his household in the way of the Lord. Because their torment was not made for the sin they will commit during parts, maybe they get drunk or, and all that, but he's saying that it, it, they, they might have done, they might have caused God in their hand, hearts. So physically, those children were living also like their father. They were a replica of their father. They were following the way of the Lord as their fathers, as their father had, had taught them and was walking in it. So they were walking after that. So and they were parting on it daily basis so he, he was a man of influence uh, the fact that you are you are you have money the fact that you have possession the fact that things are going well for you does not immune you from trials it does not immune you uh, uh from tests it does not immune you oh from the things the stress and the pressure of the society so that's just an introduction of who job uh, uh, uh was at that time uh, so i want just to take note of that, that the fact that he was righteous, he was blameless, he was upright, does not mean that trial will not come. Hallelujah. And so the second segment uh, uh, of this is also interesting to look at. If you see uh, uh, from verse 6 uh, to, I think, verse 12, it talks about the discussion between the Satan and, and God, <laughs> hallelujah. And one of the things that came out here for me is this. The Bible says, God asked, and the Lord asked Satan, where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? 
And Satan answered, he says, I go to and fro. I'm walking from here. I'm walking back and forth. So Satan is not omnipresent. So the condition you are facing, it is not Satan. Satan is not everywhere per time. Satan is limited. Satan cannot be in two places at the same time. He said it with his own mouth. He said, I move to and fro. I'm going from one place to the other. I'm going from one place to the other. So at times we give him so much power. We make him look as if it's everywhere. We make him look as if uh, he's equal to God. You know, when we think about positive and negative, when you think of God, you want to say the other part is uh, Satan. The, the, the other side is Satan. That means you are trying to say that what God is, is what Satan is, but in the negative. But it is not. It is not. He says, I'm going to and fro. I'm going from one place to the other. So Satan is not is not omnipresent it cannot be in two places at the same time it cannot be in two places at the same time why is he going to and fro the bible says in first peter chapter 5 verse 8 it said be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so he is going about looking for who will give him permission to devour him. If he has permission to devour everybody, he will not need to move around. He will not need to go from place to place. He will start the devouring from the position that he is, from where he, he has found himself. But he says that I go to and fro, I walk back and forth. So he looks for people to give him permission to be able to walk in their lives, to be able to, 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 to use them for his own advantage. Satan is not everywhere. He's not everywhere. He's not everywhere. So he works with his demons. So possibly maybe going up and down also involves him going to collect uh, information and ask his demons how are they fed in the assignment he has given them, possibly. But we know we know that in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, hallelujah, having disarmed them, he made a public show. He made a public show triumphing over them. Jesus has done what? He has disarmed them. He has made a public show of them. Whether it is his demons, whether it's the devil himself, uh, Jesus has disarmed them for us, uh, Wherever he finds himself, wherever he's going to, going to and fro, walking to, uh, to uh, uh, back and forth, uh, if it comes to your end, uh, remember that you already uh, uh, has power over him. You already have power over him because Jesus has defeated him on our behalf. And he puts all things under his feet, under whose feet. God put all things under Jesus' feet uh, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. He is the head. We are his body. Satan includes all things that has been put under his feet. So Satan is directly under our feet. He says he is going to and fro, seeking whom to devour. Don't give him permission in your life. Don't give him permission in the life of your children. Don't give him permission in your business. Don't give him permission in anything that concerns you. 
is not omnipotent. It does not have power over you. He has been uh, 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 placed under Jesus' feet and we are his body. So he is under our feet. He is under our feet. If you look at the scripture uh, uh, in that same uh, discussion, uh, it says that God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that he is blameless, he's an upright man? God even knew that Job is blameless, that Job shuns evil, that Job is upright. Yet, trials came. Yet, a time of trouble came. Yet, there were challenges in the life of Job. So, the challenges we face is not uh, 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 because we are not righteous or because we are righteous. The challenges we face, they are normal and they are common to all. It says that there's nothing that is coming to you that is not common. It's a common face. It's a common challenge. It's a common trial. But in every of your trial, in every of your challenge, in every of your temptation, God has made a way of escape. God has made a way of escape. God has made a way of escape. Hallelujah. 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 And if we go further, Satan said, he says, does God serve you for nothing? Does Job serve you for nothing? So that's the mentality that the devil has of us. That we are not serving God because we want to serve him. We are serving him for uh, 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 what we will benefit in serving him. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing will be added unto you. Definitely there are benefits, but we should not seek the benefits first. But the devil believes that we are serving God because of those benefits. It's unfortunate that this is true of some believers. I was talking to a, a, a lady about uh, three or four months ago, and I discovered she had stopped going to church. And when I engaged her, she said, all that I've done for God, where is the result? Things are not working out for me. I remember one time... Uh, uh, there was a program in church and the lady was like, uh, she wanted to come and sweep church. Uh, why did they uh, 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 employ cleaners to sweep church? That in such uh, meetings like this, that there's a blessing attached to keeping uh, 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 the church of God tidy. To, you know? So some people have those beliefs. And if that is where you pitch your tent, then you are pitching your tent with the devil. It says that Job does not serve you for nothing. Are you serving God because of what you benefit? I remember somebody came to preach in, in, in church sometime ago, some years back. We invited that person, and that person came to preach. And that person was preaching in the line of you coming to church to make connections, to get benefit, connect to people, do this, do that. I bet you that was the last time Reverend Paul invited that person. Are you coming? to serve him, or are you serving him? Are you a believer? Only because of what you will gain of the benefits of the people you will connect to. That's how the devil sees us. 
He says, does Job serve you for naught? Does Job serve you for naught? If something goes wrong in your business, will you still hold on to God? If you lose a lot of money, will you still hold on to God? If you lose your children, will you still hold on to God? He told God, he said, he does not serve you for naught. And another interesting thing uh, for me there is this, that the devil understands, <laughs> he understands or, or the way he sees our relationship with God. He says, have you not made an edge around him? The devil believes and knows that as a child of God, that God is protecting you as an individual. That God's hand is upon you. That God's covering is upon you. That's why he comes and he's looking for opportunity for you to permit him. He can't just badge into your life. He can't just badge into your business. He says you have protected him as a person. He says you have protected his household. So beyond you, those that are connected to you, they are protected because of the grace upon your life, because of the fact that you are connected to God, because of what Christ has done in redemption. This is a servant. This is not a born-again believer. This is not one that the blood was shed for. But the devil understands that there is a protection of God upon him as a person upon everyone, the household that is connected to him, and upon what? Upon that which he has. He says, you have blessed the work of his hands. It's a right. And he also says that you have done what? You, your, his possession, you have increased. It is our year of more. Increase is a right. The devil understands that. But he comes to attack that in our lives. It comes to attack that in our lives. It says you have protected him as an individual. You have protected everyone that is around him. You have blessed the work of his hands. And you have caused his possession, his possession to increase. He understands all this. But if this is the only reason why you serve God, then there is a problem. If this is the only reason why you have a relationship with God, then there's a problem. There is a problem. So Satan believes in God's protection over you. He believes in God's protection over your family. He believes in God, in God prospering the work of your hand. He believes in God increasing you. The question now is, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you trust God enough? Do you have this insight that even the devil has? Do you work based on this revelation? Do you relate based on this revelation? He says he has made you the apple of his eyes. He has engraved you upon his palm. How much of this revelation, how much of this light has dawned in your spirit? How much? How much? And the devil went ahead to say, he said, but now, 
stretch out your hands and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you. The devil said to the Lord, he says, stretch forth your hands, touch him, touch all that he has, take these things away from you. So one of the reasons why the devil fights your possession is to try and make you curse God, to try and make you begin to turn your back against God, begin to express unbelief, begin to express doubt, begin to change your mind, begin to ask questions, begin to ask questions. But an interesting thing happened here, uh, which I, 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 I saw. The devil said to God, he said, touch these things. And did you see the Lord's response? He said, the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay hands on his person. All that he has is in your power. The devil said, said to the Lord, you touch him. But God's step is in your hands. Why? Because God cannot do evil. He doesn't do evil. He doesn't do evil. There is no evil. No iota of evil in him. No iota of wickedness in him. It is all good. So he's saying to Satan, it is not in my nature to hurt. It is not in my nature to do evil. It is not in my nature to do wickedness. It is not in my nature to give and take. I only give. I only love. I only do good. And the psalmist declared it this way. He said to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. God could not do evil. He can't. It's just not him. He said, you are the evil one. So when evil comes, it is not from God. When evil happens, it is not from God. When things go wrong, it is not from God. When lives are cut short, it is not from God. When your business fails, it is not from God. When sicknesses come, it's it is not from God. It is from the devil. He said that every good and every perfect gift comes from God. It comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change. It doesn't change. He gives good and perfect gifts. He cannot change it to evil gifts. That is the God that we serve. So I want us to go out with this consciousness. We'll not be able to uh, finish this chapter. When opportunity comes again, we'll, we'll, we'll run through the remaining verses. But I want you to go out with this consciousness that trials and tribulations, evil, they, are, they don't come from God. Sicknesses, they come from the devil. And when you are facing a situation, it is a test of your faith. It is a test of your faith. How would you respond or how you respond to that situation 
matters. We will look at that next week when uh, we have another opportunity to share uh, God's word. I trust that we have been blessed this morning. I trust that we have learned one or two things. And as we set out this morning, the Lord will cause us to triumph over every situation that we are facing. We will face them with boldness. We'll come out strong and unscratched. Receive strength to stay true to the end of that test in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you. Have a wonderful day.